Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s, dance away with hip-hop beats, and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The Sports Betting Network. It is officially Saturday in the continental 48 states for all of them, whether you're in the Pacific time zone or if you're out there on the East Coast. And that means that it is a college football Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. So here in the final hour of the Greg Peterson experience, just going to be taking a look at as many college football games, giving you guys some picks, giving you guys some analysis, having some fun with it in general for the final hour of this. And we're going to be starting out in the SEC because as we know in the SEC, they are right now the conference with the best chance of being able to get two teams into the college football playoff. And let's face it, it just is the best conference right now when it comes to college football. Not that they're going to necessarily have the title winner coming out of there, but if I were to put my money right now, it would be on the team that we're going to be talking about first. That would be the Georgia Bulldogs. They're going to be taking on a Missouri Tigers team that they've got zero covers right now. And as a result, you are finding a harebrained spread. The Georgia Bulldogs find themselves a 39.5 point favorite with the total at 59.5. If you're taking a look at things just when it comes to process of elimination, that means that they think that Georgia is going to win by a count of somewhere in the neighborhood of something like 45 to 15. So, they are giving Missouri no shot here whatsoever, and rightfully so, because the reason why I wind up bringing up this game first is that there's quarterback questions when it comes to both sides of it. It looks like Stetson Bennett is going to wind up starting. He started the last four to five weeks for the Georgia Bulldogs because JT Daniels has been out of the fold, and it looks like JT is able to go if needed, but it seems as though the Georgia Bulldogs are going to continue to go with Stetson Bennett. And you get this from SEC StatCast, that is, at SEC underscore StatCast on Twitter. And the passers with the highest percentage of throws that have went at least 10 yards downfield entering into this week with a minimum of 25 attempts. Bennett is by far number one on this list at 45.5% of his throws going at least 10 yards. You have to go down to Calzada over there at Texas A&M at number two. He's at 37.5%. So, he is not afraid to just rip it, and this is a Missouri team that we've already seen them give up north of 60 points to the Tennessee Volunteers. There is just not a lot of redeeming qualities whatsoever when it comes to Missouri. This is one in which I don't necessarily advise laying 39.5 points, but typically in these sort of spots, I can make a case for the underdog, but I can't do it here because when it comes to Missouri, this is just a bunch that in general, they are all sorts of banged up. Now they've got their own quarterback questions because it looks like they're going to have to go to, it looks like 
they are still deciding as to whether it's going to be Taylor Macon or Brady Cook, or perhaps door number three, two quarterbacks, which if you've got two quarterbacks, as we have found out, you've really got none as Connor Belzik. He wound up leaving the game last week, so he is going to be out of the fold for this team. He is going to be unable to go when it comes to and when it comes to Cook, along with Macon, Macon is a guy that has seen a couple more attempts, so I would think that he's probably going to be the guy that winds up getting the majority of the reps in this game. Either way, you're not looking at a good spot, and what I really take a look at in this game is the total, because I think that there's a good chance that Georgia could wind up racking up 55-plus points all by themselves, because this is a Missouri team that they've just been a complete and utter sieve. Now, I've been talking to about this a lot when it comes to this show, just with regards to all sports in general. We are seeing a movement of unders. You have seen it in the NBA. Out of the games in the NBA so far this year, you've seen 85 unders to 45 overs. So that's a clip of just over 65% to the under. In the NFL, a little bit over 55% of games have wound up going under the total. And in college football, right around 53.8-ish percent of games, give or take a little bit, they have all went under as well. But I just think that Georgia is a team that they're able to do enough to be able to get this done all by themselves. Now, you take a look at the Georgia defense, and it is just absolutely a bear. Regardless of who you wind up having a quarterback, I mean, this is a Georgia team that I am not even kidding when I say this. They've given up 30 points over the last five weeks, and it's not like they've been playing against, like, the Citadel or some of those teams that you wind up seeing the SEC teams play in general when it comes to out of conference, when it comes to those lower level teams that they wind up coming up from the SEC, from the FCS level, and they wind up being able to get a bye game. That is not the case here. They played against Auburn, Kentucky, Florida, Arkansas. You wind up having Vanderbilt, which they might as well be down at the FCS level when it comes to football, but I mean, they've been able to do it time and time again, and this is a Missouri bunch in which they have allowed at least 28 points at each of the last five weeks. 28-plus in each out of the last five weeks, or 35-plus in four out of the last five, and the lone exception, the Vanderbilt Commodores. So I take a look at Georgia. I think that they have a good chance of being able to get over all by themselves, and you might wind up seeing, like, a mercy touchdown with Missouri towards back half of the game, which is why I don't advise winding up laying 39.5 points because when it comes to college football, now conference games are a little bit different, but you'll oftentimes see it where, Walkie McWalk on, and the family is all cheering and everything in the fourth quarter when Georgia winds up being up by kind of like 48 to 7 or something like that. And all of a sudden, your spread winds up getting torpedoed because Georgia winds up lighting up a touchdown while all the fans are cheering Rudy, Rudy, and all the backups wind up getting into the game. So that's really the only reason why I can't see laying the 39 and a half here. But Georgia, clearly the number one team in all of football. They've been able to do a solid job on offense with Stetson Bennett. I recognize that last week they weren't necessarily firing all cylinders, but I mean, they've still gotten the job with him out there. Looks like he's going to see the majority of the reps, and I still think that Georgia going to be able to win this game, and they're going to be able to win this game convincingly. Now out there in the SEC, we've got some good matchups this week. This is going to be, in my opinion, the most lopsided one, so let's take a look at one that involves a pair of ranked teams and one that has a little bit of a tighter spread than 39.5 points, and Hey, both of the teams in the games have actually covered a spread. I'm looking at you, Missouri, who's 0-8 against a spread. That would be the Auburn versus Texas A&M game. You've got teams that are pretty much deadlocked when it comes to the top 25 as well. Texas A&M coming in at number 14 in the college football playoff. You've got Auburn, 18, that is number 13. And as a result, you've got a Texas A&M bunch. Of, you're finding them anywhere between a 4.5 to a 5-point favorite. And this total, one of the lower ones that you're going to be finding out there in the SEC, between 49.5 and 50. And I take a look at Texas A&M, and I've been very impressed by this team. And I felt like they got a little bit inappropriately valued earlier in the season before they wound up going to Alabama because you were noticing that they were having some injuries when it came to the offense in general. I know that Zach Calzada wound up dealing with a little bit of an injury ever since he's been able to come back and he's been able to fortify himself as the quarterback for the team. It has been a good run for Texas A&M. Meanwhile, you take a look at the Auburn Tigers, and I do have to give Bo Nix a little bit of credit. Bo Nix has always been a little bit of an enigma when it comes to his time at Auburn. He's done just a good job in general of not turning the ball over now. 
He's not necessarily the most special passer. He's not a guy that is going to go out there and he's going to wind up ending up with 4,000 yards in the season or anything like that, but he's only got two interceptions this year. He has done his part for an Auburn team that they've got a lot of good attributes to them. They've been able to do a solid job on defense. They've got a relatively solid run game, but where I think they wind up getting stymied is that Bigsby, I just don't think is necessarily as good as Isaiah Spiller. Spiller, I think, is one of the best running backs in all of college football, and you've seen that on full display. Over the last two weeks, a combined 38 carries against South Carolina and Missouri. Now, let's call it like it is. Missouri and South Carolina, two of the bottom feeders in this conference that are not named Vanderbilt, but combined 270 yards, pair of touchdowns. He's a guy that can bust it on any given week because he has had a run of at least 40-plus yards in now three of the last five weeks. This guy is a very good home run hitter, and this is an Auburn team that they are a little bit susceptible to that, and they're a team that they've been giving up quite a bit on the ground, and this is an Auburn defense that they do wind up giving up a little bit more than you'd like through the air as well. Now, Texas A&M not necessarily the most lethal force when it comes to being able to move the ball with that aerial attack, but I do think that they're going to be able to do enough to be able to do a good job and get the job done against here against Auburn. And you take a look at this Texas A&M defense. It's been doing a great job of being able to hold up at the point of attack. 26 points or fewer given up in four out of the last five weeks. Auburn's offense has been able to come alive, but I think that they're going to have a tough time going up against a Texas A&M team that is one of the best in all of college football at being able to bottle up just quarterbacks in general. I think that Bo Nix is going to do a good job of not take, of not turning the ball over, but he's going to turn into a little bit of a check down Charlie. I think that it's going to keep things a little bit stagnant. So I do like this spot under. We've been seeing it just a lot in college football in general. A lot of these games be relatively low scoring. I think that this is going to be another one. And I take a look at the home team being able to get it done here. We've got to be hitting on this game as well. Alabama LSU. This is a game that typically you wind up finding a tight spread. Typically, you wind up finding a very low total. Not in this day and age of the SEC. You've got Alabama who's finding themselves as a little bit more than a four-touchdown underdog. A lot of 20-and-a-halves have emerged on this game with the total hovering right in the neighborhood of about a 67. And it's just hard to look anywhere other than at the over because you've got a pair of offenses that are just so explosive. You take a look at... You take a look at Young, and he is right now the Heisman front runner, and for good reason. And then you take a look at the other side for Max Johnson, and I think that he's going to be able to restore order after the last two weeks. It's just not been great in general. You take a look at it, a combined fewer than 300 yards in the last two weeks for this LSU bunch. I think that he's going to be able to get back to his bread and butter, and he's going to be able to do a nice job. And you take a look at the way that he's done a nice job of being able to protect the ball. Only five interceptions thus far this year. Bryce Young, meanwhile, he has been even more efficient. 26 touchdowns to three picks. And what you like about Alabama as well is that they pair him up with a very good run game as well. You've got one of the top running backs in all of college football in Brian Robinson Jr. He's been able to give the team already 11 touchdowns on the ground. A combined five in the last two weeks. So he has been able to do a nice job of being that guy that is able to give you that added dimension when it comes to Alabama. Alabama is a team that has been looking to air it out so much more. Can't necessarily advise laying 20 and a half points. I think that is a couple too many, but I do think that we're going to get a high scoring game and a conference that doesn't see a lot of high scoring games. That would be the Big Ten. We're going to take a look at the Big Ten next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. 
So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. The Breeders' Cup is back at Del Mar, ladies and gentlemen, and the Ron Flatter Racing Pod returns with two episodes this week. The first is the Handicappers pop-up with Chris Andrews, Johnny Avello, and Dwayne Colucci analyzing all 14 races. And then on the regular episode, you've got Jackie Mike Smith, along trainers Brad Cox, Chad Brown, and Bill Mott, workout analyst Bruno DeGiulio, and Expat TV's Zone. Zoke Hedman along with Jeff Siegel offering their insights. You're able to subscribe to the Ron Flatter Racing Pod on iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher, or download both episodes at vcin.com slash podcast and the Ron Flatter Racing Podcast. That is sponsored by First Bet. As we're back here in lovely Las Vegas, it is the Greg Peterson experience, and we've got a lot of college football to get you guys all caught up on. We wound up looking a little bit at the SEC in the first segment. Now here, we've got to take a little bit of a deep dive on the Big Ten, and we've got a game that is very intriguing because we wound up seeing Michigan State be able to get that big win last week against Michigan. Now they wind up going on the road. They're a short favorite against Purdue, and across the board, I am not seeing any real variance with this line. You are seeing a 3, and you're seeing the total at 53, and with Michigan State being a 3-point favorite, I do like this one with the Spartans, because I do think that they're going to be able to do a good job of being able to carve up Purdue on the ground. You did wind up seeing Kenneth Walker the third really launch his Heisman Trophy candidacy last week. He has been able to rush for 14 touchdowns already. He has been nothing short of amazing, but while well, he winds up getting all the praise, and so rightfully so, Peyton Thorne has been able to be a solid quarterback here for Michigan State, something that has eluded the Spartans in recent years. Now, he did not wind up having the best of performances against Michigan, wound up throwing two picks, did not wind up having a single touchdown, but this is someone that's able to move the ball through the air. Now, a lot of this has been against, shall we say, lesser defenses, against like Rutgers, against Western Kentucky, but when it comes to Michigan State in general, they've been rock solid against the spread, 7-1. and one. I know that on some closing numbers, they've been able to give you a little bit of a push there as well, so they've been one of your best ATS teams in all of college football and with Purdue. It's been just a little bit befuddling for this team in general because they wind up getting the win on the road against Iowa. They then wind up getting blasted at home against Wisconsin. And then they went on the road against Nebraska, which and Nebraska program is very much flailing. We may or may not hit on that, but I can tell you right now, I am not advising a bet on Nebraska anytime soon. Not this week. Not with them having to face off against a ranked opponent, even if they are getting north of two touchdowns. This Nebraska team, they have been overvalued for so many years, and that is not changing until we wind up seeing just them being able to recruit better, them having their fan base have expectations that aren't completely astronomical and aren't absolutely ludicrous, in my opinion. But you take a look at this game, and I do think that Michigan State going to be able to move the ball a little bit through the air. But I mean, with Purdue... They're giving up nearly 140 yards per game on the ground. That is one of the lesser numbers, especially when you take a look at the Big Ten. I think that this is set up for success for Michigan State. And then when you take a look at Purdue, they have been utilizing Jack Plummer a little bit with regards to the quarterback spot, but Aiden O'Connell has been taking the majority of the reps, and 
I'm not necessarily sure why. He did wind up having a good week against Nebraska, but you saw that Wisconsin game, and he wound up throwing three picks. I'm not necessarily sure why they haven't been able to go with Plummer, and until they wind up making that change, if they ever do, I would have to take a look at just not being able to back Purdue in general because they do wind up having one very good target on the outside who is one of the more underrated wide receivers in all of college football in David Bell. He's been able to put up nearly 800 yards. He has been just absolutely tremendous for this team in general, but they don't necessarily have a lot around him. And when I take a look at Purdue, I feel like the wrong quarterback is out there. I think that Michigan State is going to be able to do an absolutely amazing job of being able to bottle them up. And if you're looking at the one weakness that Michigan State has, it is being able to defend the aerial attack. With O'Connell out there, I just don't think that there's going to be much of anything for this Purdue team to be had. So I take a look at Michigan State. It looks a little bit fishy with them being only a three-point favorite, but I do think that in this case, the fishy line should not lead you astray. I think that Michigan State should be able to cover this game. They should be able to continue their push to be able to try to make the college football playoffs. So I'm willing to lay the points here. Myself and Pam Maldonado, if you want to looking at the look at show yesterday, which it's right on the same time slot as the Greg Peterson experience. Only difference is if you're out there on the East Coast, it's Monday through Friday. While I'm Saturday and Sunday, I was able to fill in for the wonderful Scott Seidenberg on that show. And we want to talk about this game. It's one that Pam feels very highly about Minnesota against Illinois. You're finding Minnesota right around a 14 and a half to a 15 point favorite. Your total on this game, it is a 44. She doesn't typically like to take big favorites and she wanted riding with Minnesota and I am in lockstep with her because you take a look at Illinois and it's really a case in which you either get really good Illinois or you get incredibly bad Illinois. What I think is even more intriguing is the total because you take a look at this Illinois bunch and they've scored 20 points or fewer in four of their last five games and that includes nine overtimes. I, I think that they're the first team in the history of college football to wind up scoring only 20 points and also holding a team to only 18 points in a nine-overtime game. I mean, the overtime rules obviously have now become a joke, but I take a look at Illinois. I just have absolutely no idea how they're going to be able to move the ball. They wound up having their original starting quarterback wind up going out in that game against Nebraska, so they've been looking to Artur Sitkowski, and Sitkowski has been able to give you a little bit of something, but I mean... Other than the fact that he doesn't throw interceptions, there really aren't a lot of redeeming qualities there. It's been a lot of dink and dunk. Illinois has not really aired it out in general. Where they've been really looking is the ground game. Chase Brown has been able to do a nice job for this team. He's been able to put up a quadrant of touchdowns. He's been able to give you a whole lot of this and that. And when it comes to Illinois in general, they're playing musical chairs when it comes to quarterback as well. He's been there, whether it be Sikowski, whether it be their other options. So... That has been something to take a look at. Meanwhile, for Minnesota, this is a bunch of which they've been able to do a great job on defense. They've given up 16 points or fewer in five out of the last six games. And what they do a good job of, erasing the ground game, giving up fewer than 100 yards per game. They can be at a little bit through the air, but whether it be Sikowski or someone else that winds up taking the snaps for Illinois, they've got absolutely nothing going for them there. And then you take a look at Minnesota in general. This is a team that, they turned the ball over a little bit. You've had a couple unfortunate fumbles when it comes to this team. Tanner Morgan, not necessarily the guy that is going to be leading you to the promised land at the quarterback spot, but at the same time, this is a this is a Minnesota team that I think is going to be able to do a good job of just being able to keep Illinois off the board in general. I think that this is a case in which you wind up seeing something like a 28-7. to You wind up having an Illinois team that, they're unable to get anything generated whatsoever. I think that P.J. Fleck is going to have a little bit of a tough time being able to put points up on the board as well. So if I like something more than the other, it probably would be the under. But I'm right here with Pam. There's just no taking Illinois in this spot. I think that it's going to be a really rough go of it in general. And Minnesota, we all like to give them some shade because they wound up losing on their home field as right around a four-touchdown favor against Bowling Green. Ever since then, they have been locked, loaded, winning on the road against Purdue. They get the win against Nebraska. They wind up being able to take down Maryland, and they wind up being able to take down Northwestern on the road as well. So they certainly have been able to right the ship. And speaking of teams that are looking to right the ship, the Wisconsin Badgers have been able to do so as they are going to be going on the road and taking on Rutgers. I've been talking quite a bit about college basketball, and I tell you right now, what is under the radar when it comes to college basketball the House of Horrors for Wisconsin is actually going to Piscataway, New Jersey and taking on Rutgers. With that said, 
I don't think uh, it's going to be quite the house of horrors on the gridiron as it is when it comes to college basketball. I think that Wisconsin has finally been able to find themselves. They've been dealing with a little bit of a banged-up ground game, but whoever has been toting the rock for Wisconsin, they've been able to find some space in recent weeks, and I think that we can all agree that Rutgers, the good start that they wound up having, it was a little bit built on sand because when it comes to Rutgers, they actually wound up looking like a respectable football team towards the beginning of the year. The win at Syracuse had a lot of people very bullish on them, and they were able to get back on the winning ways last week against Illinois, but I just wound up mentioning all the deficiencies that Illinois winds up having on offense. They wound up taking down the blue ends of Delaware and Temple as well, but when it comes to this Rutgers team in general, what I think is going to be very difficult for them is just being able to move the ball in general because when it comes to Wisconsin, this is a bunch in which you know that the defensive effort is always going to be there. They wound up having a couple injuries earlier in the year, and it was just a case in which the Wisconsin defense has never really played bad, but it's been more a case in which the offense was just turning the ball over left and right with Graham Mertz and his just lack of efficiency. You wound up having a couple bad fumbles for this Wisconsin team in the earlier games as well, like that Penn State game. And it wasn't necessarily the fact that they were just absolutely terrible or anything like that. It was just a little bit of misfortune in general. I think that things have started to even out for the Wisconsin Badgers, despite the fact that you're finding them as between a 13.5 to a 14-point favorite. I do think that there is value here because with Graham Mertz, he has been asked to air the ball out less, and he has not thrown an interception in the last three weeks, and that's the key for Wisconsin. Not necessarily what they do, but it's what they don't do. Not turning the ball over, it is going to yield some good results for this team. What else yields some good results is sometimes taking a little bit of a look off the beaten path when it comes to college football. Coming up next, we're going to be looking at some of the games that are outside of the Power 5 that you can make some money on. That's next right here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We are back here on the Greg Peterson Experience right here, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We've got two segments left, so I've got to give you guys as much as humanly possible as I can to get you set for a great college football Saturday. And I have no fear. Anything that I don't wind up getting to, we're going to have you covered all throughout this college football Saturday. It all starts with Point Spread Saturday, and it's going to be coming your way 5 a.m. Pacific, 8 a.m. Eastern, and we're just going to take you through wall-to-wall-to-wall coverage, getting you everything that you need to know about college football, giving you the guys the angles, the picks, list goes on and on. We've got you covered on a little bit of everything. And we wound up getting you covered in the first two segments on some SEC and Big Ten games. How about if we step off the grid a little bit more and we wind up going to some group of five games? Because it doesn't matter whether you're betting on a game out there in the Big Ten, if you're betting on a big top 25 matchup, if you're betting the SEC, or if you're betting on a game out there in, say, a state that is not a part of the continental 48 states, rather out there on the island of Hawaii. And this is always a hot game because I'm sure that you either you've been a part of this or you know someone that has been, that it's been a bad college football day or a bad college basketball day, whatever your sport of choice is. You wind up sitting there and it's like, oh, I've got no more options. Wait a second. There's a game in Hawaii that I'm able to break even on. So always want to give this one out as Hawaii. The Rainbow Warriors, they're going to be playing us to the San Diego State Aztecs and as we're seeing right now, Aztecs are finding themselves a 7-point favorite. Total this game between 44.5 and 45, and we know that San Diego State, typically, they've got an absolutely tremendous defense, but I think that this total is a little bit too low. I think that bookmakers, for one, they're starting to pick up on the fact that we have been seeing a bunch of unders here in college football, and they're setting these totals a little bit lower because I am liking a few more overs on this college football board in general than I have in past weeks. But with that said, with San Diego State, the big thing that you want to be taking into account with this team is the fact that they have either won by six points or fewer or lost outright each of the last three weeks. And for Hawaii, they wound up getting completely drubbed in that week zero game against UCLA. They've been able to play a little bit of better football ever since then, but I have a tough time bringing myself to be able to take 
the Rainbow Warriors in this spot. They've been 3-6 and six against the spread, and Cordero, he's been able to do a little bit of a better job recently of being able to cut down on the turnovers. He has thrown just two picks in the last three weeks, but he's an inefficient passer, to say the least. has been a little bit tough for him. He's willing to air it out, but... A lot of times when he needs to air it out, it's not great. And he's going up against the San Diego State secondary that it was exposed a little bit last week against Fresno State. But by and large, they've been able to do a nice job. And this is one of the best teams at being able to bottle up the ground game when it comes to San Diego State as well. They are going to be going up against a guy that is a little bit of a home run hitter in Day-Day Hunter. But with Hunter, it looks like he's probably going to wind up being a little bit of a game-time decision when it comes to this one. He wound up sitting out of the team's game against Utah State, so you want to be checking his status, and even if he does wind up going, you've got to figure that he's not going to be 100%. He's not going to be as elusive. He's going to be a little bit ailed, so that's something that you've got to be taking into account with this one now without him in that game against Utah State. They were still able to put up 31 points, gave up 51 themselves, and that's part of the issue that you've got with the Rainbow Warriors. This is a team that they certainly do give it up on defense. They have given up at least 34 points in each of the last three weeks, it's not even like they've been facing off against the Monsters of the Midway out there in the Mountain West. They have taken on Utah State, New Mexico State, and Nevada. So it's not necessarily went well for them ever since they wound up getting that win at home against Fresno State. And this is a game that is going to be out there on the island, which is why it is a little bit later. And that's why if you wind up having a Buster Rooney of a betting day, you might wind up looking down and being like, I've got one more opportunity for redemption. But I take a look at this spot. I think that San Diego State, a team that is very well coached, they are going to be able to get it done, and I do think that they cover a little bit north of a touchdown. I think that the defense is going to be there, but at the same time, I do think that the offense is going to be humming against a Hawaii team that, let's face it, they have not been able to do a great job on defense, and I'm putting it as politely as possible. You've got one of the better teams out there in the Mountain West in San Diego State. How about if we look at a team that they've got as many wins as the college football team of Greg Peterson and the college football team of Greg Peterson, guess what? It doesn't exist, so you don't want to be in that company. UNLV, hit the road to face off against New Mexico State. Typically, when you find a team that is of the ilk of UNLV, they should be a much bigger underdog than they are, but they're only a point and a half underdog against a New Mexico team that, if you take a look at the bottom 10 of college football, you're probably not going to be finding them there, but they're relatively close. They have been there for many, many years, and the total on this game is 45, but I think that this is a good chance for UNLV to be able to get their first win, and this is another spot at which I take a look at the over. Not necessarily because UNLV and New Mexico wind up having these smoldering offenses or anything like that, but you take a look at New Mexico. 31-plus points given out in three of the last four weeks, and once again, not necessarily against the world's greatest competition. San Diego State, I wound up going through a little bit earlier, Typically a team that's a little bit more defense-oriented. Air Force, Colorado State, and then they were able to have a little bit of a better effort against Wyoming. So they've given up 31-plus in three out of the last four weeks. Then you take a look at UNLV. If you wound up seeing their effort against Nevada last week, this team had no interest whatsoever in playing defense. But what they have going for them is they're going up against a New Mexico team that is one of the worst teams at being able to bottle up the ground game. And they've got themselves a running back in Charles Williams, who has been... Very good for this team. That game against Nevada, he was just completely on lockdown. But prior to that, 94-plus yards in three out of the last four games. And UNLV, at the very minimum, has been close in a lot of these games. They got completely drubbed in that Nevada game against the Wolfpack. But you take a look prior to that, and they had lost by eight points or fewer in their previous four games, and it was against relatively solid competition. On the road against a UT San Antonio team that wound up entering into the top 25 last week, a Fresno State team that they've been ranked throughout the year. Now, the Utah and San Jose State Spartans, they're not necessarily as great, but still, the fact that they're able to hang in there against them leads me to think that there is going to be a little bit of something that they're going to be able to present to a New Mexico team that I just am not high on whatsoever. You really don't have any receiving options for this team. Aaron Dumas has been able to give you a tad bit of something on the ground, but he has been a little bit banged up as well. He has been someone that has been in and out of the fold, so you've got some injury question marks when it comes to the offense in general. When it comes to New Mexico, I think that this is a good spot for UNLV. A team that doesn't necessarily air it out, but they're going up against a rush defense in New Mexico that I just have absolutely no faith in them. So I take a look at this spot, and I do think that this is a good opportunity for UNLV to be able to get their first win. You can bypass the point and a half. I think that they wind up taking this game on the money line. And once again, 
I think that we're seeing a little bit of a shift on these totals. I like this one over. When it comes to the other teams outside the Power 5, I do think that you've got a couple other opportunities in which you are going to be able to make some money on as well. And I think that you've got a little bit of something here with the Pony Express, SMU. They're going to be going on the road against a Memphis program that they're finding themselves as a little bit under a touchdown underdog right now. You're going to be finding this between about a 4.5 to a 5-ish, depending on where you're shopping. Go on this game. It has went to between a 70 and a 71. Seeing a lot of 70 and a half. So right in the middle of this. But I take a look at SMU. And I've been just so impressed by the by the air attack that they've had in general under Tanner Mordecai. He's got 32 touchdowns this year. He has been able to do an absolutely terrific job for an SMU team that prior to last week, it looked like they could be a team that could wind up wrecking the apple cart. Not necessarily to be a team that winds up making the college football playoff, being the first team that is outside the group uh, that is outside the Power Five to be able to do so, and/or an independent. But I take a look at Mordecai. I think that he's going to be able to do a great job of covering of of just being able to move the ball against a Memphis defense that, in general, they have been coughing up yards upon yards. You take a look at Memphis through the air, and they haven't been able to stop too many teams out. They themselves have been a bunch that year after year. They always are one of the better offensive teams in college football, but you do have some question marks when it comes to this team as well. Their normal starting quarterback, Seth Hennigan, he is a little bit of a game-time decision for this one because of a hand injury, so you got to figure that even if he winds up playing in this game, he's not necessarily going to be 100%. Memphis has been trying to mix and match without him. It has been some, shall we say, checkered results in the one game that they wound up not having him out there on the field. That was against UCF a few weeks ago. They wound up losing that game by a count of 24-7. to So even if he does wind up being out there on the field, it is a little bit of a long layoff for this Memphis team. And even if he does not wind up playing, it's probably not going to be 100%. Now, with Memphis, they actually sneakily have been able to do a good job of being able to produce a lot of running backs in recent years. And Brandon Thomas is a guy that does catch my eye as well. He wound up getting held down in that Central Florida game. He was limited to just five carries, which made me a little bit concerned that there might be a little bit of a injury there. It looks like there isn't one, so that is something that you're able to rest assured of. But when it comes to Memphis, I think that this is a bunch of which they're going to have a little bit of a tough time of it, being able to cover Mordecai and company. And I do think that with SMU, though this is a defense that they themselves have not necessarily been great. They've been giving up yards on the ground about 138 per game. They're going up against a Memphis bunch in which they don't necessarily do a great job of being able to cover the ground game. They don't do a good job through the air. I think that you're going to be able to see Trey Seegers be able to do a good job, being able to be a nice change of pace. I think that SMU should be able to cover this game on the road. Now that we've taken a little bit of a look at the group of five, let's dive into the Big 12 next to be able to wrap things up. Get you guys all set for a big-time college football Saturday. And we're going to be doing that on the other side right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN midseason football special is here. And for just 99 buckaroos, you get everything VSIN has to offer from now until the end of the NFL playoffs. Daily best bets emails, 24 7 video streaming, betting splits on every single sport, point spread weekly, plus in depth data and analysis on VSIN.com and the upcoming College Hoops betting guide. Owner Ruana writing that. This is a great deal for only $99 for the rest of the football season. To sign up now, bsin.com slash subscribe as this is the final segment of the Greg Peterson experience for today. Have no fear. A little bit less than 24 hours from now, I'll be back with you guys once again tomorrow. And coming up after myself, going to get a little bit of a look into the combat sports world. First strike with Dave Ross is going to be coming your way. He does an absolutely terrific job there. We've got a big weekend that is going to be ahead when it comes to the world of MMA. So he's going to get you guys all caught up on that. You guys are going to love it, and it is going to be absolutely tremendous. Here in this final segment, though, we've got to get you guys caught up on a little bit of college football, and we've been taking a look all throughout America, looking at some of the big games that you're able to take a look at, and some of the not-so-big games like UNLV against New Mexico. Now we've got to go to the Big 12. We're going to start it out with... A game involving a ranked team at Oklahoma State is going to be on the road facing off against a West Virginia bunch that it is never easy to play at Morgantown, and the bookmakers are adjusting a little bit as you are now finding West Virginia as a three and a half point underdog. Oklahoma State is laying it with a total of 49, and I think that this is a relatively solid number. I would be taking a look at the points here with West Virginia. I liked them when they were playing at home against Iowa State outright on the money line, and they were able to come through in that one. I think that this is a little bit of a worse matchup for West Virginia. West Virginia has been a little bit of a teeter-totter team. They've been able to have some very good performances, and then when things wind up going bad, they do wind up going really bad. You wind up seeing that when they wind up getting just completely drubbed against Baylor. But what I think is going to be tough for this West Virginia team is that Oklahoma State is just so well-balanced, and with Oklahoma State, they do a good job of being able to run the ball. You've got one of the more underrated running backs in all of college football in Jalen Warren, who's already got 850 yards, six touchdowns. He's been able to do a good job of being able to rack it up. Only wound up seeing nine carries in that game against Kansas, but that's just because the team was up by so many darn points that it didn't really pan. Oklahoma State has really been able to do a good job of being able to yield some good returns for your bankroll. They've been one of the better ATS teams out there in the Big 12. And then you take a look at West Virginia. Their defense of which they do a little bit of a better job of being able to protect through the air rather than on the ground. They themselves have a guy that I do like at the running back spot in Lady Brown, who has been able to do a nice job. He wound up having 100-plus yards in that win against Iowa State. And he's won over 100-plus each out of the last two weeks. But when it comes to West Virginia, it is a team which you just have a little bit of a tough time being able to gauge them because they don't necessarily do one thing great. They don't necessarily have one Achilles heel. But I do think that with Oklahoma State, they are going to be able to do a good job of being able to protect the ball. West Virginia has been a team that has really feasted on being able to get turnovers. And when I take a look at this Oklahoma State bunch with Spencer Sanders, he has not thrown an interception in any of the last two weeks. Now, one of those games was against Kansas. And Kansas, should they really be a Power 5 conference team at this point? In basketball, yes. In football, not so much. The other game, though, it was against Iowa State, a game which they did wind up losing. But 
I think that Oklahoma State is going to be able to go into Morgantown. I do think that they're going to be able to take care of business. This is a total I have 49. I think it's relatively good. I've been liking quite a few overs on the board. Can't necessarily advocate for one here because I do think that West Virginia is going to be relatively held down in this spot. It's going to be interesting to see if this team winds up getting held down. TCU, they're going to be playing us to Baylor. Baylor is finding themselves as a touchdown favorite. You're finding this total right in the neighborhood about a 58. You might find a little bit of a hook one way or the other, but what I think is so interesting about this game is that Gary Patterson, who we all know he has done so much for TCU, it will end up being a parting of ways as they wanted putting it with TCU that was effective immediately. And whether it be college football, whether it be the NFL, whether it be the NBA, heck, I think that if a bowling team wanted up letting go of their coach, it feels like you always have that first game with a team in which they wind up coming out and they wind up giving it everything that they have. They have a spirited effort. They're in there. It's as if when their coach wound up getting a fired, they wound up getting five win-one for the Gipper speeches, and that team winds up going out there and they wind up surprising everyone. I don't think that there's going to be that magic with TCU. They're 1-6-1 against the spread. It has been absolutely terrible. And you take a look at Baylor, really aside from the first half of that game against Texas State, this team has been relatively solid. Now, this is a game that I do like under because when it comes to TCU and when it came to just what they were running under Gary Patterson, to just put it as politely as I could, the game had passed them by. Gary Patterson has done some tremendous things with TCU, but I mean, this is a team in which... It feels like they're stuck in yesteryear of college football. They just don't have those explosive plays in general. You notice it with their quarterback and Max Dugan whenever he's been out there because he's been a little bit banged up in recent weeks as well. It has not necessarily gone well for them. Now, what I do like about TCU is that they've got a relatively solid ground game and a home run hitter in Zach Evans. The problem is he is currently dealing with a little bit of a toe injury of his own self. That is not necessarily great. He may or may not wind up going in this game. Even if he does wind up going, he's likely going to be relatively hobbled. And then you take a look at Baylor and the way that they've been able to function. And they've just been balanced all throughout their offense. Gary Bohannon has been able to do an absolutely tremendous job. He has been turning the ball over a little bit in recent weeks, but he has been able to do a nice job of being able to just provide a calming presence to a Baylor team that I think is really coached well under Dave Aranda. Aranda is a guy that in his blood, he's a little bit more of a defense-oriented guy. Wound up being the coordinator over there at Wisconsin, spent some time at LSU. He's really been able to climb up the coaching ranks. He, in my opinion, is a rising star when it comes to coaches in general. I think that the better coach team and the team that just offers a little bit more in general in Baylor, going to be able to get it done here. They've been able to play very well on the road in general. So I take a look at TCU. They're going to have a lot to fight for in this spot, and we have seen teams that you wind up having your coach get canned. They wind up coming out. They wind up giving you a good effort. I just don't think that that's going to be the case this time around. I take a look at Baylor. I think that they should be able to win convincingly, and I think it's going to be a little bit of a lower-scoring game. So I take a look at that under. Now, this is a team that I feel like is in a very precarious spot, to say the least, and it's just something that you don't wind up seeing in general very often. You've got Ole Miss playing a rare non-conference game in Week 10 of the college football season. They're going to be playing also Liberty Flames, and Liberty is a team that has been relatively rock solid the last few years. They've really been able to find themselves with Hugh Freeze, who he's got a little bit of familiarity with the great state of Mississippi. They are going to be doing battle. You've got Ole Miss as a 9.5 point favorite and a total of 66.5. And I take a look at the points because with Matt Corral, he has not been himself in recent weeks. We all remember there was speculation as to whether or not he was going to be playing a couple weeks ago. That was the Tennessee game, but... You can tell that something's a little bit off with him. In the last three weeks, three touchdowns and two interceptions. His completion rate has went down. The only game in which he was really efficient in was that LSU game. So I'm wondering if that injury that he's playing through is starting to bother him a little bit. And then you take a look at Liberty, and they just play a style which everything winds up running through their man Willis, Malik Willis. He has been just tremendous in all facets of the game. He threw the air the last two weeks. Seven touchdowns and no picks. Now, you take that with a grain of salt. He wound up playing against a mean green of North Texas and the UMass Minutemen. 
The reason why they're the minute men is that they only give you one minute of defense in every college football game because they just flat out stink. But when it comes to Liberty, I do think that they're going to be able to do a good job of being able to, at minimum, containing Matt Corral. Matt Corral is a good dual threat, but Liberty has been able to do a good job of being able to just bottle up teams in general. They're a team that they wind up giving up a lot of yards to running backs, but whenever you've seen them against a little bit more of a versatile quarterback, they've been able to hold up with that aspect of it. And then you've got an Ole Miss team that they're just getting completely lambasted on the ground. They're giving up nearly 183 yards per game with Willis being able to deliver that dual threat. I think that's going to be a little bit tough. Now, when it comes to this total, I do think that you're going to get a relatively good amount of points. I just don't think that you're going to get enough to be able to find yourself with this total of 66.5 going over. I could easily see a case in which both of these teams wind up getting to 28, but neither their team really gets to 35. So I don't think that the total is necessarily too badly off, but I think that it's set a little bit too high here. And I think that a big question mark when it comes to Liberty is, are they going to be able to hold up against Ontario Drummond, who has just been able to take the top off of so many defenses. He has been held down in recent weeks, so he's a little bit of home run hitter. You do have a little bit of question when it comes to this Liberty secondary, but I think that they're going to be able to get it done here. I think that there's just a little bit more to this Matt Corral injury than we wound up finding out about, and I think that this is a big motivation spot for Liberty in general, a team that they have been just playing all these oddball games. They're a team that they're looking for a little bit more respect, being an independent. They're looking to be able to get that marquee win. I think that they've got a shot here to be able to hang in here against Ole Miss. So, going to be taking a look at the points with the Flames of Liberty, and the Flame is and the flame is shining very brightly here at Beeson because we've got great coverage all day long. We're going to have you covered wall to wall when it comes to college football. And we've got a little bit of MMA for you as well as First Strike with Dave Ross. That is coming up next right here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.